0: above, so below. Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence. I am your host, Bernard Beitman, MD. I'm a psychiatrist. I do psychotherapy. I study meaningful coincidences. Sometimes they're related to each other, and there's pretty good research to suggest that synchronicity can aid psychotherapy, and that part of life is being further, uh, further studied. Uh, my new book is called Meaningful Coincidences, and uh, you can get it in any way that you get books. Uh, I recommend your local bookstore. And uh, I'm going to tell you a story, as I like to try to do at the beginnings of these things. Uh, this is a story about Bernie and the Los Angeles Times wow what is that about well uh, my publicist sent uh my book meaningful coincidence to the la times and uh, we never heard anything what's gonna happen can i get into the la times maybe okay so finally i heard from deborah netburn and we she interviewed me and she got the book and it hadn't contacted me until the following coincidence took place and I'll put this in her words. I'd been on the fence about writing about coincidences when I arranged to meet a friend at a cafe about 20 minutes from my house. When I arrived, this is Deborah Nepburn talking, I was surprised to see the foreign editor of the Los Angeles Times. Coincidence number one. I hadn't seen him since the beginning of the pandemic and he invited me to join him until my friend arrived. I mentioned to him, that my friend that I was meeting works as a foreign correspondent for another newspaper. It turned out he was possibly looking for, to hire someone in the same city where my friend was living. Coincidence number two. When my friend arrived, she said she was looking for a new job. Coincidence number three. So that coincidence put Deborah's friend together with, uh, The foreign correspondent of the LA Times. As she was thinking about all this coincidence, she pulled my book out of her bag, Coincidence Four. She'd grabbed it just before leaving home in case her friend was late and needed something to read. So she pulled it out, and somehow, and maybe our guest will tell us how this works, because he's, he's an imaginative kind of guy, uh, Alan Seinfeld will tell us about the imaginable world that maybe we're talk- had something to do with what happened here. So Alan, Alan and I have been a, on a podcast with, together and had a good time, and, and Alan's, <laughs> Alan's a really wonderful guy to talk with, as, as you will see. He's been uh, the host of uh, the Manhattan cable program called New Realities for over 25 years. In that time, he has interviewed the leading experts in human potential, health, spirituality, and uh, ufology. His most recent book, Making Contact Preparing for New Realities of ET Existence. As you can see, the cover of the book is to the right over his shoulder. And he is pointing directly at it, so you make sure you know where it is. <laughs> is that the book, Alan? You're talking about? Okay, it it, it, it when is that, that is the book. That is the book. Okay, it's called New Real, It's it's called Making Contact, and it debuted at number one uh, bestseller in the field when it was released in May of 2021. In that book, it he makes it clear that only when we combine the outer wisdom of the mind. Uh, and with the feeling nature of the soul, will we try? Will we find our true connection to the cosmos? That's an, uh, this, that's more to think about. But if you get the book, I strongly recommend you slowly read Alan's introduction, which is a wonderful summary of what was in the book. What is in the book? So, Alan Steinfeld. Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence. Bateman, thank you. Bateman, Biteman. you'll get it straight one of these days. Biteman. Yes. So you, you, to, you told me a story, but um, I told you a story just now. Uh, and the story you had told me before, we've kind of been through before. And I'd, I'd like to hear your comments, how you understand this Deborah Network Burn LA Times thing uh, that happened with me.
1: Well, well, as you know, um, um, I, I teach remote viewing as well, and that is tapping into this other realm. And I've been trying to understand what is this other realm? How could people off the street say, okay, I'm um, thinking of a target or a friend is at a location. Just get out of the way and see what comes to you. And I would say nine out of 10 people have a facility to tap into a non-local reality. So I wanted to study more. What is this non-local reality? And just recently, I came across this writing by a guy named Henry Corbin, and he looked at the ancient Persian Zoroastrian teachings, and they talk about the imaginary realm or the imaginal mundus, the imaginary world. And he says, according to these Persian mystics, that that is actually a place. That imaginal, it's not imaginary. When we say imaginary, we think of the imagination like we've created a fantasy world. So we tap into this realm of being perception and reception that is actually I don't know. The only way to describe it is a non-spatial space, if that makes sense. It is uh, a realm of existence where time and space are not linear, but are affected by consciousness itself. So coincidences or meaningful coincidence uh, or synchronicities are all existing in this realm that is um, an aspect of consciousness that we're not in touch with. We call it the imaginary. So we are and in
0: touch, we can be in touch with is what you're saying.
1: We can be if we tune into it and getting back to my book, I don't think that's an adequate explanation yet, but the, I think the ETs, other beings, trans-dimensional mm, essences exist in this realm that is real and it's beyond the imaginary, but we can call it the imaginal. Uh, so it's it's less dense than physical matter, but more real than intellectual ideas. This is how Corbin describes it from the so it's a reality. It is real. It is existing. It is where time and space are interwoven and those people show up at those at that luncheon because it's it's coordinated but let's say by the higher self, I would say on a higher level. The higher self doesn't exist in this realm of linear reality. It exists in the realm that starts to coordinate these experiences for the unfoldment of the greater spirit of humanity. Our whole existence is geared if you're tuned into to the revelation that we are nonlinear, that we exist forever, that we're divine. Let's put it that way. That's just my belief. It may not be your belief, but it is a belief that we it we can remote view, which means that we have access to non-local reality via consciousness or the imagination or the imaginal then we are infinite we we are non-local in essence and that non-local reality when you're opened up to it starts to happen more you know people who are looking at coincidences will find coincidences it's not because it's not because they're special it's because they have opened to a realm where they start to see the imaginal, it starts to manifest in their lives because we're part of that realm as much as we're part of this physical realm. Okay,
0: I think you're getting clear about that. And I I have a question, especially about the imaginal realm and Mm -hmm. remote viewing, which is what you're talking about as an example of suggesting the existence of the imaginal realm. The remote viewing isn't just about getting into the imaginal realm. your remote viewing is somehow the way you're describing it is going through the imaginal realm to see what's going on on the other side of the mountain yes so so it it connects us back to this three-dimensional reality how does how does that happen how does the imaginal realm then connect us back to what's on the other side of the mountain okay
1: from what i've seen and i also get this from my questions with deepak Chopra we're not actually going to the other side everything exists right here because the simulation we talked about you mentioned earlier we are in a simulation and we these avatars are an expression of a locality in the simulation but we are really the 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 beings beyond looking at the simulation so everything is non-local it's just the illusion that we're going over the mountain but everything is right here because we exist in this
0: realm of time and space and not being not what we think it is and we can get over there i you know i i am i'm not clear about what you're talking about i mean i have i have some idea about what you're talking about but to me that uh that artillery machine out on the other side of the mountain is here too i we yeah. can get to it in a way that we don't really understand but it's still there because i am i very much recognize for me that this three-dimensional reality is a reality also but let's 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 uh, maybe come back to this because i think there's some places we can do that we want to talk about so the um higher self as well as demonic reality but one of the most important things about you alan steinfeld that you have in your book making contact is your particular journey to to experiencing the the reality of contact with whatever you're going to call these beings from another reality from imaginal reality there's all kinds of different answers and I think each of them has some truth to them but there were a lot of coincidences that you had to like manage because they kind of what you wonder what was going on here but you still had to keep piling through and you were determined you wanted to know even though there was a lot to throw you off so could you tell us something about your journey to et um that <clears throat> and emphasizing the coincidence aspects of that
1: well i'm not sure which coincidences you you picked up in the book because i wrote that as as a sort of stream of consciousness. yes that's
0: what it looked like a stream of consciousness
1: About pulling myself back in time to the place where I left my apartment in New York and got in my van, which was a dream to travel cross-country by myself, and met this woman in Sedona, which I guess... Of all places, yeah. (laughs) And I said, when when she entered the room, I felt her, and she was with a friend. I said, which one am I feeling? And then when I met both of them, I knew... This woman, Jane, was the one that I was. Well, I'm going
0: I, I this is what we're what I'm talking about, Alan. I'm glad you're just doing this. That part of what uh, I include under meaningful coincidences is, is I have a feeling about one of those two women and I want people to know we can do that. I mm-hmm. want people to know that we can energetically, I'll say, recognize a harmonious resonant other person and that you by all whoever whatever happened to you you were able to you're able to do that so you walked into Sedona which is a pretty high energy place anyway particularly back when you went there it wasn't as crowded with all the commercial things that are going on there now. 87 when I <laughs> well that was a nicer time to go yeah it's it's it yeah, pretty I, amazing and I was actually at um
1: a talk called laughing your way to ascension What's oh that's a that good one? one yeah yeah so uh this woman walked in and um but you're right it's trusting the feeling
0: connection
1: and that's also this con- this doorway to those other realms I yeah yeah mentioned. yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah so let's let's keep uh, inching our way through the doorway so you recognized that there was something about this one woman and then what?
1: Just in not even something, not even what she looked like. I was even didn't even know what she, although she was quite lovely and beautiful. But um it was more like, oh, I felt something, and then she just was so open and we arranged to meet and then I that, mean, that, well, that
0: that that these are the little things that I find intriguing you can have an uh, what I might call an energetic connection with someone. doesn't mean you're going to talk to them. And if you do start talking with them, it doesn't mean that you're going to go out and have something to drink or eat with them. So right. somehow the two of you could slide into that. Could you tell us I a know. little bit about that?
1: There's a book out by a woman named Eve Lochran who talks about love bites. The book is called Love Bites. And she talks about how people involved in ET UFO are sometimes put together with ah. other people. It's a prearranged, it's like a prearranged marriage, you know, and we were, you know, so we-, we I mean, were...
0: I, I, I'm all for that, okay. Uh, marriage made in heaven, I understand that one too. Okay, yeah. so, okay, so somehow it felt predestined to meet this woman
1: at the time it didn't feel that but it ended up being that way because she I, I you know I was driving through Sedona I spent a couple of days there we connected I continue on to the northwest and she calls me up I, it was before cell phones I don't even know how she reached me but she said oh I want to come out and visit you I was up in Oregon and uh, she came to Oregon I picked her up and we we then she was going back east as well she was from the Detroit area. I was from New York, so I was driving in my van and we had this lovely ride back east, but we stopped one night in western Nebraska, uh, which is kind of not flat plane. So but we pulled off the road. We're really tired. We drove all day and we just went to sleep. We just usually we fool around, roll around, do whatever we do, but we just went to sleep and it was like we were frozen or suspended animation through the night we woke up in the same position we went to sleep in and who even remembers that kind of thing do you rem- i don't remember i mean I'm, yeah am yeah I, like, I
0: understand there was something memorable
1: about that. something memorable but also like let's get out of this place you know let's let's leave it was a little I felt I I first I I the thought came to me did anything happen because I wasn't quite familiar with the whole ET thing at that point but I just thought maybe something and I go now nah, let's just leave and I just we got on the road on
0: interstate 80 and so, so, something happened to you and her with you two of you in western nebraska that yeah. felt strange well, i gotta get out of this place if it's the last yeah. thing i ever do is what you two were feeling you had fallen asleep and awoke and woke up in the same position which was oh, an odd so. thing and so you said aha uh-huh, this is odd i have a bad feeling let's move okay
1: wasn't even a bad feeling it was a kind of weird thing and you know what she had that same feeling Important. years later i said you remember that night and she goes yeah the night we were frozen it's like she woke up in the same position and and in my book i conclude that it was some a form of contact where we were it was a time mold like these beings whoever these beings are, are able to freeze time lift you out of that time space have this interaction with you and put you back in the same um continuum that you yet this whole thing has happened that is recorded by the subconscious mind but not awareness in your waking reality so okay
0: good 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 okay
1: so anyway i get back to new york and my mother who doesn't believe any of this stuff and i actually (laughs) Dedicate. But mom, I write, mom. <laughs> I write in my, at the end of the book. I make acknowledgements <laughs> and I say, say I want to thank my mother, who doesn't believe. It. She says, "She says to me, 'You really believe this kind of stuff about UFOs?'" And I said, "I not only believe it; I made a career out of it." So. <laughs> you know,
0: what have it. I done? Says this mother. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> To create this, anyway, you got, you yes, you credited her, and okay, so you're you're out of Western Nebraska on the New way.
1: Right back in New York, and it's coincident coincidentally, I would say my mother notices this mark on the back of my knee. The back, I mean, when's the last time you looked at the back of your knee? There's a four prong puncture mark, four little dots in a square type shape. And she says, what's that? And I said, oh, that must be a spider bite or something like that. I, I don't know. But, you know, I always thought that my mother actually had abductions herself because the only year she ever lived outside of Brooklyn, New York, was in the Southwest, 1947, the summer of Roswell, when all that stuff went down not far She she used to get lost in the mountains of Tucson with her mother. And I think my grandmother, my mother, it does follow lineages, family trees. My mother, my grandmother, my mother, and me were all seated as abductees.
0: Now let's let's back a little bit and tell our audience who don't know what Roswell is in 1947.
1: Well, Roswell was the uh, point zero where um, the word flying saucer, UFO, crash landings. Roswell is the place where in July, early July of 1947, a crash disc was discovered by the army out there with little bodies. And that became the beginning of a government cover-up was
0: the 1947 Roswell crash. And, and I got government- to see the videos of some of those little bodies too.
1: Yes. Yeah. And there was a headline that says U.S. Army finds crash dissed, Edna Roswell. And then the next day it was denied. No, we didn't find anything. There's nothing there. And the whole weather balloon thing. And then the whole cover-up began in forty-seven, and actually continues till
0: today with some revelations. Some bra- There's some breakthroughs. But what we're talking about here is that you, you have a lineage. Your mother was in Tucson in 1947 when the yes. crash took place.
1: Yes. And my grandmother was also part, I think, of that lineage. It sometimes follows your mother's side, sometimes follows your father's side, but there is generational um, genetics because my theory about, you know, they're abducting people, I feel, I was to take our genetics to create a hybrid race of beings that are part alien, part human. I know that sounds a little crazy out there, but... Each generation, they are modifying the genetic material a little bit so it's more integratable. This is my theory with the ET DNA. So, when they get three or four generations down the line, they're able to genetically splice their DNA with our DNA.
0: That's my theory. Well, it's, I mean, we have this hybrid idea with cyborgs too now, with the idea that we're going to merge the human with machines. Uh, yeah. And here's another version of that fusion, uh, but this time is with ETs. And uh, I'm not going to ask you to try to put those two together right now, but it's it's a it's a coincidence to me to see t- two parallel uh, parallels between ET uh, hybridization and cyborg hybridization.
1: Yeah, I I think they're done for different reasons. My belief, and it's just a belief, uh, it's not. That they've these ETs, the little gray ones with the big eyes, have the grays, the grays. Cycle. They became pure intellect and they bred out of their genetics the capacity to reproduce, and finally they realize this is just my that they they've hit a dead end without passion, without emotion, without feeling, like you mentioned before, and you're just intellect, there's there's no evolutionary drive when you hit that dead end it's like oh like <laughs> it's a famous cartoon by i think lichtenstein where this woman's saying oh i forgot to have a baby well it's like that
0: you know like, it, rem- like a- it reminds me of childhood's end um yes. arthur c clark's book where the where the invaders uh, wanted to look at the library of somebody. It was more parapsychological, but it was also other things. Because these guys were all brains and wanted to know about uh, the more mystical uh, parts of humanity and maybe be able to tune into them. So that was a... It's the same general pattern. See, these are what I mean by coincidences. When you get two different places that begin to look like there's a connection between the two. And you're full of them and you don't know them, but you but you live them. And that's why it's fun being able to talk like this. So you your mother said, so son, you've got these four things behind you in your kneecap. What is this?
1: And I immediately flashed back. I said, what could it be? I immediately flashed back to That time we stopped and I have to say after, it's a little personal, but I'll share it with you Bernie because we're friends. After that time, me and my girlfriend had, when we were having sex, it was really electric. It was at another level of connection. I think somehow we were amplified during what I think was a contact experience to to vibrate at a different level together, and
0: you know that's that's really important Alan I'm glad you bring that up yeah. uh, we don't have children under eighteen watching this, I think uh, it reminds me of uh Tantra yoga kind of experiences, uh, which I had one of um, and it it it's I felt like I was riding the tail of a comet uh. In that experience and it was it was something like what you're describing and the two of you shared that and what what concern what concerns me and interests me is when you have an experience like that i think it should fuse the two of you in even a deeper way but i'm not sure that is the case all the time
1: oh it is the case it is the case for sure it does fuse you and we're still connected she read my book i hadn't talked to her in a couple years i said oh i wrote about her experience she was so happy she wrote a great testimonial she said yes it all happened this way and you know i mean i haven't seen her in a while but you
0: know these these connections somehow don't go away when you do that that's what i think and i think whatever you call it maybe um uh, the imaginal realm uh, I call it the psychosphere which is more our mental atmosphere right here i'm still I still try to stay with the 3d and expand on it and not get past it because I think there there's a link higher up to what you're talking about but I try to like keep it here so that when you have a fusion experience like that, the two of you in the psychosphere still have a connection and that you can communicate telepathically if you want to and may actually do it without knowing it. Uh, where you feel think something that she's thinking. But anyway, how however well,
1: that's in quantum physics, entanglement when when you interface with one particle interface another, you can do something to one part, and the other particle reacts the same way. So we were in. I think you're entangled with everyone you've had sex with. Everyone, especially you've had children with, is
0: furthering the entanglement,
1: and of course, life partners. But you, you're entangled. We're I entangled. I
0: agree with that. I agree. With, it's the nature of the entanglement that uh, that I like to explore. Uh, the yeah. quantum physics analogy is very appealing. However, it's around tiny things, uh, and I think there's something ana- analogical that goes on with us that isn't the same as putting two electrons together and then separating them. No, but, but that's,
1: those, it's a, it's it's an aspect of that.
0: You know, it's an it's an aspect, and we don't know. And let's just say we have different like models of it, you and I about it, but we don't have we don't know what it is. But we do know that when you have intense reactions with someone, uh, and I just was in contact with someone that was very intensely involved with, and then <laughs> it blew up, but I still feel it, and I wished her a happy birthday, and she responded, and I, there's still a feeling there, and it, it just can't go away, so here you, you and she fused, mm-hmm. uh, and then what? Oh, to, no,
1: it goes back to that other question we become entangled not just physically but on that imaginal realm that exists as a reality our uh consciousnesses are fused and, yeah. and more intensely if you have that reaction to people it's like we have to start to understand we're non-local in essence so okay then what happened was back to the story where okay i have this spot. And coincidentally, oh, that word, yeah. This woman contacts me because I was doing a lot of video to do a video. She's a dancer. I haven't talked to her in a long time because she kind of freaked me out a little bit because she's the one that said, and we that I, I so she asked me to do a video about her choreographing her abduction. She wanted to dance her abduction. Oh, wow. And I said to her when I was doing that, you know, you think this is anything, this little thing? And I think I showed it to her. She goes, Yeah, that's an abduction mark. And, and it freaked me out. Even though I was open, love Star Trek, loved love science fiction. It kind of, I, 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 it just, it just like, oh my God, this is real. I still have a hard time believing Even when people tell me, I'm totally into it, it's like could alien abductions, people you're taken out of your home or out of your car, Betty and Barney Hill is the classic example, and into this other realm, we'll talk about that, and then brought back as if nothing had happened, could that really be true? And I had a mark that said, this is true. And because John Mack, the psychiatrist, calls this ontological shock. The shock that reality is not what we think it is. So, and it also goes into this realm and my obsession with the imaginal realm, because it's like, that's one explanation for all this. So, I this woman, Christine, who was the dancer who was doing the video for, happened to be part of Bud Hopkins' uh, Intruders Group and then I eventually met, so it was at that time in 87, I met Bud Hopkins, you know, who, who's the godfather right. of aliens. you know Bud, right? I, vaguely. Bud is the guy that first told Whitley Strieber he was abducted, he first told John Mack. Bud uh. was kind of the lineage holder of this. Uh. So Bud Hopkins wrote a book called Missing Time, he's the one who first come, came up. He was the first to, Betty and Barney Hill had an experience, but Bud came along in the 80s, early 80s saying, these abductions follow a particular pattern. And he mapped it out. So Bud Hopkins is one of the most important influential thinkers in the field. And then, you know, he, I would say, birthed Whitley Strieber in a sense, you know, gave him that insight. And Whitley, of course, ran with it and created the book Communion, which is probably the best book about what I'm talking about because Whitley wakes up just to sidetrack after he's had this intense experience and he doesn't remember anything. He just remembers a vision of an owl in his room or being fearful, but he's, he's traumatized and trauma is a part of it. So that's, I don't even remember I was only recently regressed because it, it took me like 30 years from 87 to like just a few years ago to want to remember because I thought, oh, it's too weird. And and then before I wrote the book, I did do a regression about what happened, but I only got part of the answer because, because trauma doesn't happen to the conscious mind. When you're traumatized, it, it goes, into an implicit understanding. It doesn't become explicit until you remember it consciously, but it's in the subconscious implicitly. Anyway, I got off the track because I just coincidentally happened to meet Bud Hopkins through this woman. I was coincidentally doing this video for a bad abduction. And then even though I was freaked out, I became obsessed obsessed with the whole subject of alien abduction. I wanted to know everything. I have about, I don't know, a thousand books in my library that if it had the word UFO ET in it, I bought that book. So it's, it just became something I wanted to know everything now, about. Now,
0: as, as part of your journey, yes. collecting the books and kind of expanding your awareness and understanding and just the details of other people's experiences, uh, there had to have been other coincidences that put you together with this, that, and other. Things, because that's the way it works.
1: The first time, I think it may be the first time that year, Christmas '87. My friend Jane, who was traveling across, flew to New York to meet me, and we went to this Christmas party that Bud Hopkins was having for the Intruder Group. And there was this amazing sense of love there. There was a presence there. I'm not saying the aliens were full of love, but there was this feeling in that gathering of some high energy
0: yeah and and love was the answer that you want to is what you want to be able to call it
1: i guess it was love but i don't equate the ets themselves with love but maybe there's a connection among people who've had these experiences of of
0: a love feeling yeah oh, you and there to. you had you all accumulated again this these are points i like to make uh, even though you have uh, maybe a different way of thinking about it but you are telling me again for the for the second time at least that you experienced the intense energy of now a place of with people in it versus when you first met uh, her in sedona it's still the ability to pick up this energy in the field is what I want to help people expand their awareness about because it's it's not only a beautiful thing to experience it really is it's a wondrous thing and makes you wonder about what's going on and that that wonder leads you to curiosity and that curiosity can lead you some blind alleys but also some really fun places to go so when you walked in there you felt, let's call it love. I walked into a a chamber uh, once uh, where they were giving LSD to uh, alcoholics at Spring Grove, Maryland. And in this chamber, I could feel intense love as well. And that was the best name for it. So if, if you had that experience, I have, it's something I know something about what you were experiencing. And it's quite amazing to feel that and be in it, to be immersed in that energy field. So with that, what happened then?
1: Well, you know, I just want to say, I appreciate you putting that together because I've never, I've just, I've never really put it together in the way you just did for me right now, Bernie. You, you, You did something that connected dots that I had not quite kept separate, but I didn't really get what you're telling me. You're like channeling something from, or bringing in, maybe that's why you're a good therapist, because you're making connections. That's what I do. (laughs) I say, well,
0: that's like this, and maybe this is like that, and maybe they're connected. That's the way I do it. But I
1: made that really clear connection before, so you've connected a dot for me that Maybe I'll put that in my next book, but you, you've done that. For well,
0: me. Uh, let me take this to the next step, my friend here. So, what does it make you feel and think is now that this connection, the dots have been connected?
1: Well, it makes me feel that maybe love, or whatever we want to call that, is a bigger part of this whole experience, although. They're so strange, these beings, that you don't quite feel love most of the time in their presence. It's either fear or trauma, but maybe we have to go through, this is what I'm writing about now, go through the fear, go through the, I'm talking writing a book like Beyond Contact, go through the fear and trauma to get to the essence of who we are as love. I mean, it sounds a little cliche, but maybe, and maybe that's also what they're looking for within the genetics that are encoded into the human being because the soul is, is the essence of love and they're looking to get a piece of that, or maybe they have that on another level, but they want it in material. And that's a, That's
0: precisely what I thought. Uh, Really? What you, which you just said is precisely what I thought, that that these grays who have become, become overly intellectual and lost emotion and lost the drive to change uh, are, are doing the cliche things, I'm just a gray looking for love.
1: They're looking for it because they don't know what it is and maybe they, I have to say it's a little creepy, but maybe they embody themselves through us. And feel through us, other people have said this, as and feel what that's feeling like through us because they don't have the capacity to feel that.
0: Right, Alan? That just makes too much sense to me not to be right. Uh, it just
1: I don't know, maybe it's uh, it's weird though, because I don't want to be a
0: vehicle for ET love. (laughs) Let me see, what's (laughs) i don't know if we want to go on to that one particularly but that the picture you got there is like it's disturbing so i i got you but you know that the way we human beings learn about love is something about the way you just described it to be able to feel it energetically like that but sometimes if we feel somebody loving us We can identify with the way they love us. And that becomes a way to have me be able to love you back. One of the fun things from Nat King Cole, although they didn't write it, was a line from Nature Boy uh, that said, um, the greatest thing you can ever learn is to love and be loved in return. Mm -hmm. There's something still uh, about that uh, that may be applying here.
1: I think this this feels like it's turning into a therapy session, which is fine, you know, because you're really easy to talk to. Like, you know, the best interviews are the ones that are not about doing an interview. It's about this other thing, and that's like where people and you you hold a space that allow people maybe through your years of working to drop in and feel themselves. So that's what I'm getting
0: yeah this. and 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 a comment like you just to, yours right now just to be psychotherapeutic about it is a way of avoiding what i was just what you were starting to get into
1: okay say that again say that what was i getting you you
0: just commented on what i was doing right, but right. but what i was doing was somehow getting you more into yourself and then by commenting on what I was doing, you got away from having to comment on yourself. That's therapy right there. I, and what you do with Wait, it? Is,
1: let's go back to me.
0: Let's okay. go back to you.
1: So say it again, what you want.
0: Where, where, where is this talking about love taking you? That's what uh, and and the energy part of this is really important for me with you, because you, I, I love how sensitive you are to the energy around you. You've told me you give me two examples, but I think it happens to you a lot of the times and you are easy to relate to because of that.
1: Well, where it takes me is back to that place, back to that feel You helped, after I tried to avoid it, you took me back to myself and I'm feeling that sense of love. I'm feeling that place right now. Wonderful. And feeling connected. And I haven't felt that in a long time. So I really appreciate you for me. I haven't felt that that place of connection I just listened to this uh, video yesterday saying that, who was it? It was Christopher Walken saying, the most important thing in life is connection. That is what we're all looking for. And now you're feeling, um, you're helping me feel that connection to myself and also to my passion. I have to say, after that experience in 87, it became my passion, my obsession, to find out who's out there, why are they here? What are they doing? And what this whole, in a way, spiritual world is all about. So, you know, making
0: contact
1: is really about making contact with yourself in a way. That's oh, keep a- talking about
0: that. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. Keep 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 talking about that.
1: Making contact. What are we make what are we looking to make contact for out there? We have to like you're helping me make contact with myself now. This is, and that feeling that love is, is this, is also this connection to the imaginal. It is this, yeah, c- this current that rides through us. And most of the time, we, like you pointed out to me, we end up ignoring it or overriding it or, and, what you're saying or connecting me to, is that the soul, the essence of that feeling is the is the current of the creation of manifestation of this incarnation, this simulation. that's the electricity, that's the vibration that runs. that's what I'm feeling. I don't want to get too intellectual about it. no
0: I, I, I the intellectual part is almost emotional. The word current" in there is really an important word there uh, because it has a lot of different meanings. Um, But the current of love flowing through us is, I think, what you are talking about. Is uh, is that right?
1: Yes, it's a current that it flows through us, but it it is somehow when you connected me or making, it is us. This other stuff of personality is just... um, the draping over the current, the current is the is is the essence. It's the
0: person, the idea, the, the, per- the, the, the idea that uh, that that our personalities are like covers for the okay. love is like. Uh, some people have said it as um, uh, all us conscious beings, including trees and uh, animals and other things, are are like uh, clothing for God. Uh, Is the way people it's like it's like take it off and see what's there. But that's not what I think is the main idea. I think that's a key idea, but it's it's the ability to recognize our individuality and also to merge with the oneness that love suggests. It's a kind of oscillation between the two that make for the fun of being in this polarized. Polarity called three-dimensional reality,
1: right? And these beings, whoever these beings are, are looking for that somehow. They're look. They are. They on one level, they are the essence of that. From this bigger, like uh, childhoods and super, whatever they call those beings that showed up, they they are that, and they're looking for that. And the remind. They're here to remind us of that which we are. Like all the great spiritual teachers, they they like what you're doing here in your work. You, you coincidences is the cover for you, Bernie, to do your work on love. You know, so
0: um, oh come on, Alan. I think that's true. <laughs> I love I love to love. I love the loving thing. You got me. You caught me. It's really a lot of fun. And it's the, the fun of it is, um, is all the variations on love because there's so many different. And, and what I like talking with you about, and I want to hear more about coincidences and energy from you, if you can remember some of the stuff, is that the, the coincidences around energy, walking into the place, seeing her in Sedona, you've had other experiences like that. I know you have. And those are the ones that I want to alert some of our, our listeners and viewers too is Alan Steinberg's uh, Seinfeld's Seinfeld Alan Stein <laughs> I knew a, it's a place Feltberg Mountain Field I mean what are you going to do <laughs>
1: Okay what do they want What do you want to alert people to Say that part again Your
0: experience of other people's energy and other situations' energy uh, just because they they had to have happened you know, also. Since those
1: they're every minute, they're happening right now with us, Bernie. They're happening all the time. it's happening for you. You may be very smart, intellectual, but you're also a very sensitive person. That's what really guides your work. and that's what I think you're asking me. It's yeah. happening when we can remind each other of making contact with ourselves, connecting, it's it happens every minute, but we ignore it because Oh, I'm supposed to go out to dinner with this person. I'm supposed to do business with this person. I'm to do this, so it, it's we override the subtleties of that every moment-to-moment moment experience. But I think going into the fifth dimension, whatever you want to call this next level of human evolution, is about reconnecting
0: contact with that with that feeling experience. You know, and. So- being able to contact that in the alternate reality of the other person and be able to that's that to me it's is also so important it's not just about my contacting it's about us contacting together as you're as you're talking about you and me uh making contact so the phrase making contact is a is a word that as a phrase that means not just UFO people, greys and wherever they're coming from, but it has to do with also your contact with the current in you, but to be able to share it with other people is somehow more, is also a very important part of all this.
1: Sharing it. It's like when two people have that, there's a, like a electrical charge. You feel it. It's like, it's the other. Per- you can have it with yourself, and then sometimes you meet people where that that resonance is is resonance, there. Resonance, yeah. And so, you know, hopefully, at some point, we'll be resonant with everyone on the planet in that way. I think that's 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 the possibility that we're all looking for.
0: Yeah, at, uh, that's that's what I'm trying to help happen. That's right.
1: You are helping happen by because coincidences, they are a cover for love. Yes, they are in a sense, because that <laughs> love is the connection. That love essence is what brings that woman to lunch with the dinner. And it's like this overriding thing that flows through them that they call coincidence, but it's really also something else. You
0: know that. Well, there's something else is what I try to be able to understand, and I, I like the, the details of in between, like the, the reporter for the Los Angeles Times and uh, the story we were at the beginning, who um, happened to put the my book in her purse. And she's got a zillion books people send her, no question about it. And I hadn't heard from her for months. So what she's sticking that in her purse right then for, there's other things to read. So she's already in a way, uh, precognitively recognizing what's going to happen uh, in picking that. So she was flowing with something, but it made it appear like it just happened from the outside, which is the way this works. It looks like it's from the outside. What I'm c- curious about and want to know more about is that yes we have these currents and love is there and the connections we want and we need we want to have contact with ourselves and with other people but i'm concerned about um humanity and our self-destructive behavior where we're committing suicide slowly by what we're doing to our our planet and how do you how does what you're doing fit with uh, that question
1: I really think these beings, whoever they are, maybe they're extraterrestrial, interdimensional, are here because they are connected to us. You know, if you walk into a room and someone's had an argument, you feel that, well, it's like, it's Arthur C. Clarke's childhood end. They're here because our consciousness is connect, it's entangled with their consciousness because consciousness is one thing. So if we're destroying our planet, what's hurting the rest of conscious sentient beings. They're here in greater numbers because I talk to people all the time. They're here. uh, Their sightings have gone up around the country, inner dream experiences. They're here on the inside of that. You talked about the outside. These beings, I feel, are inside that current. So they're trying to make changes from the inside even though they appear outwardly my theory is that their internal presence of consciousness is trying the best they can and it's up to us to choose to make us awaken from the inside out so that's part of that of that vibratory field so that's what the et contact experience is all about. It's it's discovering there's something greater to the human being and that part is connected to those others that are waiting for us to grow up. It's a spiritual awakening that when we make contact with these beings, all of human history can resolve itself into just, you know, a, a careless... Bad habit of war and violence and 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 the animal nature, which we're still trying to overcome, um gets stuck in territorial disputes because it's animal. But as we meet the others, I think we can rise up out of the animal, perhaps, feel love, feel not just love, because love only gets you here, but the the knowledge, the communication, the all-wise, knowing intelligence that is feeding us from the imaginal realms as creative imagination, creative actions that will be the real what I call the flowering of humanity.
0: Yeah, yeah. The I I like the John Mack phrase ontological shock. shock. Uh, the the ET contact is ontological shock as you. Uh, very well know and as Whitley da- knows also and so many others and the, the smaller version of that is meaningful coincidences.
1: Yes that's can be shocking too like when I have a coincidence where I did I ever tell you this I this I this I was close to and I had his picture in my bedroom because I, he gave me a picture and it was there for months and um my father happened to walk into the room and said, Who is this guy? He's kind of a strange looking, odd looking person. And I said, Oh, that's my health education teacher, who actually was one of the first people to open me up to these other realms. My father goes downstairs, there's a knock at the door, and the guy is standing at the door. The guy, and he, my father freaks out, he slams the door, and he goes, The man is here. It's like, He heard him. It's like, and the guy just happened to be in my neighborhood, and he had walked by, and he was by the house, and he rang the bell just to say hello. Just at that same moment that my father had seen this picture that was in my room, but it was shocking for my father, and he, it, it was traumatic. It's like when that level of coincidence shows up, and my whole family tells that story. It's like the man is here. It's like I need. I had to go down and apologize. It's like, oh, my father's just having a whole time. I mean, you didn't mean to slam the door in your face? But it, it just was shocking. So yes, you're right on that level of ontological shock. Coincidence is mild, but on this next level, the interfacing of of realities that are beyond our ability to recognize, um. Is also shocking i make a distinction between cognition and recognition do you know what that distinction is
0: oh well recognition means to me you've seen it before
1: right so when you don't see how do you cognize something you can't recognize how Correct. do you have cognition made well it's made because you know your mother or father shows you a picture of a horse and then you know what that shape or pattern looks like and suddenly you see a real horse, and you recognize the pattern. So cognition is a learned um, perception. But if we're interfacing with beings, we don't we don't have any pre- previous cognitive association. We don't recognize them when they show up in our reality, and that's the shock of non-recognition. The Excellent. shock. Is something Excellent that i can't recognize
0: excellent I've, I've played with that too and you're making it uh yet clearer and uh, each of us has a role to play in the evolution of humanity and sometimes we can find that and uh, i'm really clearer about your role uh because uh, it's helping me see my role or my role i don't know which sure. one's first but anyway it's like oh,
1: tell me your role and you then tell me my role or whatever you want what's what do you see
0: well we're ontological shockers maybe uh, h- helping people deal with the ontological shocks that coincidences in my case cuz i get people writing to me now i'm so glad i you you get the same thing i'm so glad i found your book i mean your your web pad your your podcast your i mean i'm so i'm going to get your i uh, i've thought i was alone with this that i'm the only one this has happened to and now i found others who are like me they had been ontologically shocked their views of the reality had been shaken that's what that means and you are doing it in a different way uh dealing helping people deal with the the reality shock of uh of of contact
1: yeah, but I have a key I put right there in the title of the book. Do you see the point between making and contact? Do you yeah. see that?
0: Yeah,
1: asterisk the asterisk it's, it's it's asterisk means little star, but it's a it's a symbol. It's an abstract symbol that has not been concretized into a definitive meaning. So if we can stay abstract, if we can get away from from collapsing the wave function, as I say, and saying, this means this, when we can stay in that sense of um, collective meaning, we're less shocked by the, the appearance of things because we're already living in the abstract. So I make an association in some of my talks between quantum physics, consciousness, and UFOs, and it all has to go back to not collapsing the wave function into, this is what reality is. If you're more fluid with reality, then when it shows up in different ways, like the asterisk, which you can define as a a symbol, but not a sign. And I get into the difference between signs and symbols. A sign is a stop sign, you know what that means, stop. But if you put a stop sign in a polluted ocean, it means stop it means many levels a symbol is something that's unquantifiable but yet you know the meaning so if we can think an abstract level of consciousness without defining things so neatly the ability to shock us ontologically is dissipated a little bit does that yeah. make sense
0: I, I, no definitely I, I i for our listeners and we're getting near the end of our conversation today. But um, for our listeners, first, I've been playing around with the semiotics, trying to understand it. And you just made it a lot clearer than I've had before. Not that I don't know those words, but uh, semi- semiotics is the study of symbols. And uh, you can get really abstract, to use the word, uh, about symbols.
1: Because symbols talk to that greater mind, they don't always talk, they cut to our conscious and our subconscious. There are left brain and right brain, and if we can be more right brain, which is what we were talking about earlier, the feeling sense, the energetic sense is all right brain. It's the left brain that concretizes things into thought. It's thought versus feeling, but you're saying, let's get into the feeling. Let's be more right brain. Let's be more intuitive. Let's be more sensitive. Then we become a whole human being, and they were really making contact with ourselves that way, the left and right part. And so this and is i was- will
0: I will add to that that meaningful coincidences evoke the use of both the left brain and the right brain. They They're both symbolic. and who knows, you know, the, we talk about, We can guess what that means, but we need a right brain to kind of uh, uh, bring it out to us. And then the left brain helps understand it a bit as as a back and forthness. But the fundamental thing that you've just talked about as we come to the end of this is don't hold fast to a particular view of reality. It's all shifting. It helps to have some. So in coincidences, people say, well, what causes coincidence? I say... Okay. um, How about three things? Just to start with. Random contributes. Mystery is part of the whole thing. We don't know what's going on here. And you have something to do with it. And that's the place that I start with them. And then there's all kinds of potential explanations when you start getting into them and it makes things complicated. So people don't want to get to the complication. I've tried to reduce the complication in my book, uh, Meaningful Coincidences, so we can have a place to stand that allows us to be able to go both ways with both the emotional, symbolic and the the sign part of it. Because I have to tell people Coincidences are not signs, they're guideposts. And you have to decide what to do with them. So you're right there with me, and I'm right there with you, Alan. And
1: I want to add one thing to that is what John Mack says. In order to understand this phenomena, we need to have other ways of knowing. Other ways of knowing means this is what I figured out. John didn't say that, John Mack didn't say this, but we have to stop comprehending. And we need to start apprehending. (laughs) Apprehending is a much wider view. Everybody uses that word apprehensive negatively, but it's not negative. It's just not concretizing things, but it's let's apprehend reality in a bigger format of non-local, non-definitive understanding. I mean, we need a foot in the other world too, but let's go into ontology apprehensively in a good way, apprehending. So start apprehending, stop comprehending. Because you, what you said, you're never gonna understand coincidences or even the UFO phenomenon with the logical mind. It is not logical. It's not illogical.